Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to Clicking Balls. This is our 2019 season primer for the Essendon Bombers. Um, so first off, we'll go through and we'll see what happened to them in 2018 before we figure out what's going to happen to them in 2019. Uh, finished 11th with 12 wins. It's a start and stoppy season for Essendon, wasn't it? A bit. Yeah, quite a bit. They had some great run-ons uh, in terms of one and two, three wins in a row. And then just, they, they dropped some easy ones, I think. I, I don't know if there was any other team that the gap between their best and their worst was the, was wider. Mm. Yeah, to be honest, um, based on the last season, that's about what I expected from from them. Uh, it's just a team that's been rushed together and they're finding their feet now. And especially with a lot of players who are established in other clubs coming in and trying to figure out what their role is in the team, I uh, feel like they have that figured out much better uh, next year. But this year, it's, it's about what I expected from them. It, it felt like the first year where they're a new team, they're not the Asada yeah. Yeah. saga. Yeah. Team. So that, that's behind it. That was the one of the positives. Yeah, I thought I had a few positives, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so what were the positives out of 2018? Well, beating the Crows round one is always a good start to the season. And look good. Coming out of the blocks, which yeah. obviously uh, played above what the rest of the season would tell them, uh, for, for at least one more game anyway. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's what they needed to get out of the blocks. There's always... Essendon off-seasons are always controversial, um, <laughs> whether it be at the trade table or whether it be at the right. coke table. I think Adelaide had a bit more controversial off-season, just to be honest. And it all hadn't come out at this stage. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. yeah, so I thought round one, uh, they got off to the right start, um, especially the way they won as well. Kicked right. five in a row. They were down, I think it was almost four or five goals going into very late in the third. Yeah. Uh, kicked 6-5 to 1-3 in the fourth to win, and that was at, at Marvel as well. Yeah. Uh, so obviously it's their home ground, but still you're playing Adelaide, who at this point you had higher expectations well, for. I think Premiership favourites at that stage. Yeah. Adelaide yeah. Were. yeah. And I think that another, their best performance for me was actually versus Geelong in round nine. It was a domination from beginning to end. Um, they were never really in doubt, so they ran right on top of them. Yeah. That was it, yeah. Well, that was the best all-round performance because I don't think they dropped a quarter. Well, they might have dropped the last quarter by a little bit, but the game was put away by then. Well, the round nine win too was coming after losing to Carlton, which uh, any time you lose yeah. to Carlton, you should uh, probably bounce back pretty fucking hard. Especially yesterday. Yeah. Um, they also they had a big win late in the season at West Coast over there. Yeah. Um, when West Coast were just ramping up their run through the, the premierships. And, um, it was one of those ones you go, all right, if Essendon lose this, the season's done. And yeah. they came out and beat them over there, which is pretty amazing. Um, for their other highs in the season, I just put um, uh, Francis late in the season. Mm. So obviously he's had a bit of issues and you know he had a bit of a go-home factor um, and they kept him out of the senior side for a long time. But when he came in, he took nearly mark of the year over at Adelaide Oval. Um, yeah. And he looked like, okay, this guy is going to be an absolute gun. All they've got to do is figure out his off-field stuff and yeah. make sure he's comfortable and wants to stay. 
Um, he, I don't know if he's still eligible for the Rising Star this year. Um, but if he was, geez, he'd be a good bet. Um, but also, uh, Saad, after the first month, really started to tick on. Yeah. And Devin Smith, obviously, um, also from uh, GWS, who ended up uh, getting best and fairest in his first year there. That's not a bad effort. That's what you want from your recruits. I reckon, effort, yeah. I reckon they should drop the age requirement for Rising Star. Like, if you're able to come into the AFL from the VFL or Waffle or whatever, yeah. make an impact, fuck it, you deserve the Rising Star not. 27-year-old recruit? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where you're getting that. Boomer Harvey's coming back next year. <laughs> I did see that. Um, no, I think there's a lot for that too. I reckon first year on the list. Um, it's, there's the Players Association gives their first year on the list award, right. which is like that. It doesn't matter how old you are. Um, as you, if you're a first year player, you're eligible. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of sensible uh, sense to that as well. Because otherwise you've got other players that have had two years on uh, AFL uh, list without playing a game. Mm. Then they're 21 years old going for the Rising Star against an 18 year old straight out of the yeah. Cup. Yeah. Anyway, it's yeah, just awards. What's the Rising Star worth to the player? Oh, it's 10, I mean, 10 grand or something? Yeah. You probably get a bit more leverage with your contract, I guess. But, Maybe, yeah. But, uh, well, it's an award, isn't it? Yeah. Something. Oh, look, there's plenty of players who've uh, played whole careers without getting any awards. So if, if you're the bloke who's uh, wandering into, oh, I don't know, say, Kilda now, and you're a Rising Star Award, geez, you're the only bloke with any medal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. a leadership group. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so they're, they're pretty much the highs, and, and at the times they looked really good, uh, playing some really good footy. Uh, Bell Chambers, I'm lucky not to get to mention there as well. I thought he was a really great patches. Um, they're lows. Now, we've touched on the carton loss. It's hard to go lower than that. Um, and one of the most foreseeable upsets I've ever heard of. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, Carlton going into the game were 0-7. Yeah. And you go, it's yes and no. Exactly. And like, this is the tough one for me because um, as a, obviously not an Essen supporter, look at the loss of Carlton, it was almost like a high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. supporter is the low, but I was like, eh, that's, that's, a, that's a win. The Hawthorne supporter in me loved it. Yeah. yeah. I, I was watching it and cheering uh, the Blues on all the way, uh, without a doubt. Um, and the, the way they did it too, I mean, 10 goals, 18. Yeah. Uh, so clearly they had every opportunity. They could have won that if they wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Um, and I think what Carlton have two wins on the year? Three. Something like that. Yeah, I think they a couple against Gold Coast or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's not much there. Yeah. Um, as far as lows for, for Essendon, it's tough to really pick out one low. Like, because you always anticipated them to have their stumbling points and a lot of difficulties to get over. Uh, so it's almost uh, a lesson learned as opposed to just a flat-out low. Um, it was the uh, the year they had to have. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, is that after, trans- after two years they had to have. Yeah. Yep. It's the transition from, okay, we're finally putting the yeah. whole uh, saga behind us. Um, the other low I had was uh, Danaher. Obviously, coming off, I think he hit 50 goals the year before. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people, I think us included, predicted this would be the year where he finally becomes... Um, uh, really elite uh, marking forward. Yeah. Um, and he just could not get going. In the early on in the year, he couldn't get going. And then injuries, I think he missed the last 15 games or something silly like that. Yeah, and they almost played better without him in the forward line, to be honest. Well, they had to. Old mate, Sean Kerman. Yeah. It was his season. Yeah, he had some great games. Did he um, have a couple of best on ground? So we just going, yeah. mate, where did this come from? Yeah. He had some... Uh, when, he, when he got on in the first quarter, mm. and I forgot which game it was against, and then all of a sudden he's snapping them over his shoulder and you're yeah. like, holy fuck, mate. It seems to be that play, though, isn't it? Like, you go, all right, we'll give him one more year, we need to recover. And then he does something, you go, I've got to sign him again. Yeah, I yeah, can't get rid yeah, of him. Yeah. <laughs> he just keeps doing what he what he needs to be done. If he's the player that's uh, holding up your side, as in 
he's your backup. Yeah. You're looking like a pretty good side. Yeah. Because uh, I think sometimes he seems to be a little bit playing like he's uh, he's worried he's going to get dropped at halftime. Oh, and and yeah. rightly so, I think, sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes he deserves that sort of call. But other times he's like, holy fuck, mate, just... When you're on, you're on. Yeah, he's just that player. He's, he's not quite tall enough to play tall. He's not that quite yeah. strong enough to play strong. He's not quite fast enough. But he's just not quite in everything. But mm. effort. He is 100% in effort. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said for that, I think. Especially the way that SNL were going. They needed somebody like that. Just give us something out of the blue. Yeah. And I think, so. when that sort of player does get up and have a good game, everyone else lifts. They're like, yeah. that's fucking his day, isn't it? Yeah. All right. If, if he can have a good day, so can I. Yeah, exactly. Um... All right, so let's have a look at 2019 then. They've had uh, quite a few list changes. Um, on the outs, uh, they've said goodbye to uh, Brendan Goddard. Um, this is one of those ones I, I can understand it from both sides. Like, you could keep him on, but... Yeah, they have to put up with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best was behind him, and his best was very good for the yeah, rest of yeah. you know, He was captain during those lost years um, for him as well. Um, I still think of Goddard as a St Kilda player, though. Yeah, me too, me too. Uh, he's just, yeah, he's, his best years were definitely St Kilda as yeah. well. But he came across and was, yeah, obviously one of Essendon's best, so he didn't drop form coming across. It's just, you know, opportunities aren't there for him anymore. Yeah. And he's also, I know um, one of our mates played in a, a pro-am where he, he, was, he, was, he was the pro on, yeah. the, on the team. So he's definitely got some other work to do off off of the field and onto the course. Yeah. So he's not going to struggle. No. Um, and I like, it. like watching Nick Kyrgios play golf. <laughs> I like that they gave him uh, life membership despite him not meeting their, their minimum thresholds. Uh, I think it was the right thing to do. Because well, mm. at a time, he was the only guy that cared about what was happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jackson Merritt, uh, who biggest achievement was being Zach's brother, and um, mm. so he's gone. Um, and like, they'll play again in the BFL at some stage, I'm sure. Or the yeah. BFA, whatever works. Um, Josh Green, who was a handy little goal sneak, but with uh, the inclusion of Jake Stringer, really surplus to needs. Yeah. yeah. And uh, really back up for a Razio Fantasia. Or Fantasia, I think I found out that's how you actually it meant to pronounce it. But yeah. Fantasia just rolls off the tongue easier. Right? Yeah. Um, so he was just surplus to needs. I think it's actually Fantasia, but uh, Disney filed <laughs> <Five laughs> a strike against him. <laughs> so so yeah, Razio yeah. went, no, this Fantasia. is just easier. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going against those guys. They fuck you up. Uh, Lewenberger, who actually had a contract, got an extension and went, nah, fuck that, I'm not going through <laughs> Pre-season sucks. Yeah. Um, probably got some business ventures to go um, keep himself occupied in. I think he had the first trial. Where they're like, All right, 10K run, and he's just run a K and gone, nah, no, no, no. It was the Mal Meninga when yeah. he went for uh, that political run. First interview, nah, fuck this, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah he got, got to a K and he's like, fuck, nah, boss, boss, nah, I'm done. You leave now, you're not coming back? Yeah, all right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That is 100%. Deal. Right. Uh, Matty D, um, who was uh, another one of the players they got from the supplementary list during the saga, who um, whose career was over uh, until yeah. they plucked him out and got another good couple of years out of him. Um, they might value. I think this was mutual decision for them both as well. Yeah, I thought he was serviceable. I mean, he was never going to get a, another spot of the Tigers, so he got something out of him. Yeah. Uh, more than I expected, so... He did uh, did really well. Got a couple of extra years out of his career as well, so he's going to be able to that. And Trav Collier, who um, one of my favourite players at Essendon, he's now gone yeah. back home west. Um, unfortunately, his best footy was coming on just before he did his knee. And uh, I know from a few Essendon supporters, they love his run, but his kicking is uh, a 50 metre blast or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes that's good. Well, there's, there's a spot for those players, but there is. you know, there's lots of players that can do that and something else like tackle or yeah. run. <laughs> that's sure who they got a flag out of that. Uh, and yeah. so did JJ. 
But, but yeah, Basher was a little bit different. He, he he liked to run until he had to kick it, rather than yeah, yeah. Know, uh, kicking it whenever he had uh, um, an option. But uh, yeah, anyway, Trav um, got plenty of toe and he kicked a nice 60 metre goal against the Hawks this year too. Um, so that's their outs. That's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six named players. There right. are other you know rookies and, and, and whatnot. Um, but that's that's a lot of depth. They're, it is. They're yeah. all probably depth players, and none of them yeah. were the number one for their position. So there's two ways of looking at that. Is they're clearing out list cloggers or now you're a bit light on? Honestly, um, I think they're a bit light on because I think injuries have been an issue for them for the last couple yeah. of years. Uh, I, I think they're not they're not trying to have a tilt this year. So oh, I think... Um, I disagree with that. But we'll, we'll keep going, keep going. I think... So what they're doing is uh, getting a bit of, bit of space, uh, looking for the players that are going to push their uh, A-listers. Um, but they're not, they're not necessarily looking to do it in 2019. They'll yep. look for 2020, 2021, I think. Um, the reason I say I reckon they're going for a tilt this year is because they're in uh, Dylan Shield. Now, they put everything on trying to get Dylan Shield across the line. Um, by all accounts, I, I have a little inside knowledge that uh, Eston were always going to get him. It was never, yeah. never in doubt. Um, but uh, they traded out a lot of early draft picks um, to get him over. Um, that adds a lot to that midfield that, that they needed. Um, that's a lot of running, um, hard, hard ball gets. Yeah. Um, my criticism of guys like Zach and uh, Dyson Heffel is they are silky outside players. But you throw a Devin Smith and a Dylan Shields in the middle, and you've got those two on the outside, that's a good midfield. Yeah. The only thing I'm concerned about is you had Devin Smith and Dylan Shield uh, at GWS. GWS, and they had a lot else around them as well, you know, Kelly Camigo, et cetera. And they still didn't make it to a granny. No, they made it to a prelim, though. They did, they did. And they were only 22 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, the mileage on Shield's shoulders. He's got that much fucking strapping. <laughs> uh, as an inside mid, you, you need a solid body. And yeah. if his body holds up, he's going to be fucking spectacular. Exactly. If he gets even that slight niggle in the shoulder, which, for an inside mid, your shoulders are your shields. Yeah. Um, at the shields. So... If he can keep clean and keep safe, he's, he's on. But uh, yeah. Essendon, I think, are going to err on the side of caution these days and not caught as own inject anyone anything <laughs> sure. unless they absolutely fucking have to. I think they've got a crystal healer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not homeopathy. But, but this will do absolutely nothing. Though. Yes, we know. Yeah, that's that's what good. We want. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, they get caught by a side of like, you have to prove it does something now. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like Essendon's best 22 is up there. Right, it's wise in 2019. Yeah, it, I reckon they're a top five best 22, and I think in 2021 they'll be top two. Yeah, I feel like they probably need a bit more uh, strength in the back line, like in my opinion. I feel like that's where they really need to improve. They got two great um, key position defenders in Hooker and Hurley. Yeah, but Hurley started to show age this yeah, year. Exactly. He had some good games. We started to show a little bit of age. Yeah. Um, there was that one incident where uh, James Warple for the Hawks you know, yeah. did him in a one-on-one and uh, kicked the winning goal. Yeah. Um, now, okay, the ball did definitely favour Warple, but as a first-year player, yeah. and you're yeah. 10 years into your career, you should be pushing him over and running away with You didn't even touch him back in the head after the goal or anything. No, sure. Give a second one. Who cares? Um, but I'll, I, I agree with that to a point, but um, Essendon's back line has sort of been a bit more on the quick side rather than the big side. Yeah. Hmm. And they're not quite so quick uh, at, well, at, at the list, well, as list stands. I can say, until they added um, Ahmed Saad. Yeah, that yeah. is the other. Who yeah. was quick. <laughs> uh, ridiculously quick. Uh, I think he's uh, probably a more... 
he adds more where they need it than Shield. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that too. Um, Actually, I'm picking Shield first if I'm picking side, but uh, yeah. for a team that lacks run out of, or that depends on run out of back line, yeah. and he supplies that and then some. Yeah, uh, he is a, a massive, massive pickup for that squad. Yeah. yeah, and he's a good, you know, lockdown backman as well. Yeah, I think like all their strategy could come down to how well Danaher can perform. Cause he doesn't mm-hmm. need to perform well. They've got Fantasia and Stringer around him who can snaffle the goals when it comes to the ground. But he has to be present. He has to be up and about every every game because yeah. uh, they don't have well, another solid tool. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tall forward who uh, pretty much you want to suck the opposition defenders to defending the marking of the tall forward, oh. and then that's when the young, yeah, smaller kids come through, and or kids, Jake Stringer comes through and starts snapping over his shoulder. Well, don't talk about small kids and Jake Stringer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been issue, but I mean, besides uh, Danaher, who didn't play for the majority of the season, the next best two marking forwards are Bell Chambers, who's a ruckman, yeah. and Hooker, who's a full back. Yeah, but a full back that kicks goals. Yeah, so it's it's it is a bit of a, a lucky there. I mean, Stringer can take a good grab, but. It's not, it's not where you want him to be playing because... No, you, you need him further up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call him consistent. Exactly. That's his biggest thing. Too. Yeah. I would sort of say that those guys need space. Yeah. Like uh, Danaher and Bell Chambers, they're not really shoulder-to-shoulder players. Oh, I'd disagree with Bell Chambers, but yeah, definitely Danaher. Um, you look, but then again, there's not that many monster backmen running around these days. Yeah. There's a, there's a few. Yeah, not many, you're right. But uh, generally they rely on pace more than anything else. Yeah. It used to be that the full back would play more... Uh, a wrestling game. Well, yeah, or a rock <laughs> yeah. roll. Like they'd yeah. get the mark and they'd handball off. Yeah. You know, they're not there to kick it long or run run with their player. They'd be like, no, fuck it, I'm going to punch this guy in the back of the head. Yeah. And then if the ball comes to ground, you do the fuckers get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, there are a few bigger backmen coming through. Like uh, even even uh, May. Like uh, he's one of the big players that can play on the play with guys like Joe Danaher yeah. and Powerbomber. The Gorillas, as um, uh, Clarkson used to call them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're fewer, fewer nowadays, but... Uh, yeah. Now, Bill Chambers is taller than you think, too. He's one of the ones I always thought, oh, he's a bit of an undersized ruffling. Yeah. He's got one or two centimetres on McAvoy and yeah, uh, right. Goldstein. You know, he's, yeah. he's that high. And you go, oh, shit. I guess he is. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. He just seems like a bit of a potato body. Yeah. I think he's deceptive. I think he's a real late bloomer. Yeah. 
the hard part Coming is though, to his best now. As with all AFL footballers, you see him out on the ground, you're like, yeah. oh, he's a bit of a potato <laughs> body, and you see him in uh, the person, and it's like, fuck, this guy's massive. Yeah. It's even like once I saw uh, Hachi at doing yeah. signing footies at a bloody first choice liquor yeah. with uh, Danny Frawley. And you were like, holy fuck, you're bald. <laughs> no, he's taller than you think, Hachi. He's like 6'1", yeah. 6'2". Yeah, I seem like I've seen him a few times. I, I bet. Yeah, loves a pun. Loves a pun. All right, let's uh, Essendon's uh, uh, 2019. They're double ups. They got the double up with Collingwood, of course. Uh, Frio, GWS, Sydney, and North. That's not that easy because um, all of those teams, except maybe Sydney, uh, no, definitely not GWS. Too. So three of those teams have got better in the off season. Yeah. In Collingwood, Frio, and North. And um, you'd say all of those teams should be hassling for uh, a top eight. I mean, the two Sydney teams are probably the, the weaker two out of that uh, that bunch, yeah, which is yeah. funny enough. I do uh, think Sydney matches up very well against uh, Essendon, though. And Sydney have had the wood over them, especially up there. They've won some tight ones that uh, Essendon... Well, Essendon have lost some. It's probably better off saying than uh, Sydney won them. Mm. Um, you know, a couple of times up there. Um, and, and Frio is almost the same team as Essendon. They've got new recruits, and they could be yeah. they could be top four, they could be bottom four. Yep. Um, but uh, that, they're good matchups for Essendon. It puts their fate in their own hands. Yeah, and I mean, whenever they put their fate in their hands, they fuck it up. So it's good for the rest of us. <laughs> it's been that uh, way. Let's get the popcorn, and we'll, we'll have something exciting to watch. Yeah, to me, the ones that Collingwood double-ups. Um, well, Anzac Day, of course. And yeah. Because yeah. that's uh, essentially a grand final. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Big revenue style. maker as well. Yeah, that's um, but also, you know, being a parochial, it's the North ones as well. If they can get two zip against North, they're top four. If they drop those two, then you've got to question their list of tactics. Well, uh, North aren't in a premiership window, and Essendon should be opening one. Uh, and North would be relying on Essendon a lot too, because uh, the crowds for the Good Friday games haven't been setting records. No. Um, so the AFL's obviously responded. You know, they, they tried St Kilda last year, and um, it, it wasn't good. Um, I think the game or the crowd. The game or the crowd. Um, so they said, right, we'll give you the biggest tenant there is at uh, Marvel Stadium. Yeah. Let's fill it. Um, is it a, it's a North Home game again, isn't it? Yes. So. There I, will be general ad. Yeah, I, I reckon that there'll be there needs to be forty five there. Yeah. Um, and I reckon that with Essendon on the way up, there's every chance they'll get there too. And if you don't want to go, just buy a ticket. <laughs> Watch at home. Well, we bought a ticket last year, and it was yeah, it cost us twenty five bucks. I wasn't happy about that. No, it's usually only ten bucks for AFL members, but uh, it was one of those ones where they're allowed to jack up the price. So. Gouge you up a little bit. I wonder if they'll do it this year, but I imagine they will. Well, it's Essendon. It Essendon involved, yeah, 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 Fine. yeah. Fine. And, and North stuff. So, um, all right. So, who's going to have a big year for him? Who's in for a big year for for Essendon? I really yeah, want to say Saad. I think uh, the way the squad's going to be around him, um, he needs that a big year. So they'll be feeding him the ball a lot. He needs to be running, kicking long. But I think that allows. Oh, let's just check up there. Yeah, right. I think that's allowed Saad to um, actually free up a little bit. He's not going to have as obviously you've got Shield coming in. You've got other players that are um, filling roles of hard running roles or hard in and under roles, where it allows him to almost play off a half back line, run yeah. forward. Which I mean, speed isn't something that they're short of. It's just uh, tall people to. Contest, yeah, yeah, and especially when he's you know, I'm going to break lines here, and yeah. he's running yeah. flat out. You're not going to pinpoint a pass over 45. Yeah, if he can, you know what, there's a one on one in the goal square, I can just yeah. bomb it there. And you got Stringer and you got uh, Arazio, yeah, um, swimming in underneath, yeah. or even um, 
what's his name? Irvin Mosquito. Yeah, the new fellow. Um, That's controversial, a little. Nah, not really. Not that controversial. A little bit, yeah. But not really. So I, I actually think that a lot of this might actually come down to Bell Chambers. Uh, how well he can play, not only in the ruck, with having Shiel around him. Yep. Um, also Fantasia, you got Saad. Uh, lots of lots of young running uh, potential. But also, when he's going to swap out of the ruck into the forward lines, all he has to do is you know, sit within the 50 and just make contests. Yep. And the people are around him to take advantage of that. Which leads into like what Stringer's game is. Uh, Stringer has uh, all these flaws. He has an amazing goal sense. Don't he only needs yeah. half a step to get a get a shot off, and uh, pretty on point even over his shoulder. Yeah, he's pretty keen to get a shot off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but he, he's one of those you know. Then <laughs> yeah, he's looking at the goals. Yeah, and, uh, and Fantasia is just as good at that as well. We've got better within forty. He's only looking at the goals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those great. But I mean, you can say yeah, it's a little bit selfish, and at times they don't choose the right option. Yeah. However, it's reliable. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Everybody else knows, everybody on the team, that's what he's going to do. Yeah. I'm going to lay a shepherd here or I'm going to get yeah. front and centre of the goal uh, goal square. And look, if your job is to kick goals and get those loose balls, you want them to be a bit selfish. That's Fucking what it needs to be. You're going to miss some, but shit, you never see if you don't, the, the, yeah. don't kick the ones you don't exactly. kick. Um, and especially uh, Fantasia, um, reliable shot and goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to call him Fantasia, Fantasia. all year, Fantasia. I'm no, going to go. start the movement. I don't know, maybe it's another story starter, but Fantasia, yeah. even if it's wrong. In fact, I hope it's wrong. Let's start everyone with Fantasia. Um, I think Stringer has got to have a big year as well. Uh, Shields is going to be a lot of uh, eyes on him. Um, but uh, I don't know if they're a Danaher robust type of side. But I think if they're going to make top four, yeah. it's Danaher is going to kick 50. Yeah. I've got a bit cold on Danaher. Yeah. Um, I, I think coming off such a long layoff, uh, for a bloke who relies a lot on touch uh, and, and the high marks. Yeah. And if you're a back and player, the last thing you want to do is be... Um, you know, the the guy underneath him on the footy card next year. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just going to try and bust him up. Um, I, I think if they're relying on Dana Hunter, they're going to struggle. Still reminds me of Goofy. Every yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. Like Ned Flanders and Goofy mixed together. Yeah. It's like a goal. It looks like, golly gee, I just yeah. kicked a goal. I think the key with Danaher is how many marks he can take inside 50. Because he does push down on his leads. He, he's a long leader. A lot of times as a defender, you want him taking marks 55, 60 out. And so I think it's really going to come down to if you can get inside the 50, present as an option, and just make that contest so the other people can clean up. Sometimes I reckon he's a better shot from 55 than he is from 15. Yeah, but I just don't think that plays into their game plan. No. Because um, obviously he's taking that shot, you've got to wait for Bill Chambers to get down there to be the, the tall man there, which allows the opposition team to set up. And I don't think that's really the game they're looking for. I think the veganism is working out for him either. <laughs> Looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, just fucking get some steak in your life. Um, so who's who's on the outer? Who's on the chopping block um, for wrestling? Um, really, though, they they cleaned out a lot of their yeah, chopping block yeah, players. Yeah, I think they're defined. They sort of uh, got rid of a lot of them. I, I, I can't, none comes to mind in the, immediately. Yeah. I'd say yeah. all of them are going to get a fair shake. And the only blokes who sort of should be concerned are some of the young lads who may not get a run. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I thought is if Stringer doesn't have a good season, um, then he could be on the outer because he's getting older and they've got young kids in who yeah. can fill in those spots. But at the moment, you know, there's no reason to expect him to um, not improve off his last yeah, season. I, yeah. I can't see that happening. Yeah. Well, what would the pass mark for Stringer, you reckon? Like 30 goals? I don't even think it's necessarily about goals. I think it's about opportunities. Um, as long as he's getting his hands on it, I'd, I'd say he'd probably want at least, to at least, you know, average of two, three goals a game would be fine. Um, yeah, put him up at 60. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be yeah. the common, common yeah. middle. Yeah. But again, it depends on how many games Danaher plays. Because yeah. if Danaher's playing, then you go, all right, Stringer, I want 20 from you. Yeah. you know, whereas Danaher sits on the sidelines all year, you go, Stringer, we need 40. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I suppose part of his attitude too, because you start to look to him as a not as a, a pure leadership role, but as a leader on the field. Yeah, in a way, with the, without Goddard as well. Yeah. So if he's his old lackadaisical himself, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, maybe he does, but his body yeah. language is pretty piss poor around that area. Um, you'd be like, mate, we need more from you. But if he's uh, you know hungry and aggressive, yeah. in many games he was. Yeah. You'd, uh, you'd accept your twenty-five goal season. Um, on the chopping block, I've really only put Hurley and Hooker, um, and it's just on age, really. Yeah. But yep. at the same time, I don't feel like they've got the next key backman to worry them. Yeah. So having them in the best 22 all year is just about a given, yep. because they're not keeping anybody else from playing. Yeah, um, Yeah. exactly. There, there might be somebody else coming on who's you know, we've never heard of. Well, you hope, so they can actually learn from, from Hooker and Hurley, yeah. who both work together fantastically. It's one yeah, of the best exactly. back backline sort of duos going around. And even though we said Hooker, you know, was uh, his position was in doubt some of the year, he still come out and had some big games. And I yeah. think he dominated Hawkins in one game. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so he's still got still got it in him. Yeah. Um, and the other one I, I thought of was uh, Jake Long, who's just been on the list for a couple of years now, mm. and obviously son of a legend. Um, yeah. And hasn't established himself as best twenty-two. He's yeah. probably got one game left at it. Yeah. So I think for Essendon, I think they've had a very smart pre-season of, or like off-season of clearing out players and you can see the direction they're heading and they've got a couple of spots that are really up for grabs and so yeah. you're just waiting to see who's going to jump up to that. And being a big man anywhere on the ground is one of those. Yeah. The other one is the sort of the 50% player where you don't need them in the game all the time. They're not going to be Shields, they're not going to be uh, Fantasia, yeah. but you need like that core group who can step up and... Like, obviously, I can compare it to Richmond, where you've got that forward line young group. So, you've got, obviously, for Essendon, you've got Fantasia and Stringer. They need to play as a team and get those young kids involved because it doesn't have to be an individual who's uh, stepping up every game. You need a team so that you're obviously putting the opposition strategy into confusion about who they've got to cover each game. And so, I think there's real opportunities for young people to step up in that team without um, risking their, their position or um, their future in that club. I think the ruck rule is going to be very interesting for them as well. Because like I said, I was impressed with Belchamis last year, but mm. with Lewenberger gone, they don't have a second ruckman now. Yeah. They rely on you know, Hooker to take some taps or Danaher to take some taps. Yeah. Um, and with the increased uh, importance of, of having a dominant ruck yeah. um, with the changes, that might work in their favour. And especially if Belchamis goes down. Yeah. Now, then you're looking at um, young McKernan, and you go, oh, you're a handy pinch hitter. Yeah. But um, we, don't, we can't have you going every week against Maxi Gorn. Yeah, I think there still could be a role for the undersized ruckman who's just completely defensive-minded. Sean Greg hopes so. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if you're undersized, all you're worrying about is tackling him as soon as he gets the ball. Because yeah. the the sort of inclination is when you've got such a clear advantage to getting that ball, isn't the tap, it's to grab, it. grab it. And so if everyone else is playing men on or playing defensive side of their their um, their direct opponent, then it makes it really difficult for them to be able to get a clean clean grab. And that's when... Obviously, there's new rules, so you can send your your wingers in off the very corner, yeah. still on the, on the wing, and just congest it, uh, and that'll help for the smaller teams who are undersized in the ruck. Yeah, I think the, the lack of numbers around is going to really benefit a quality ruckman. Though. Yeah. Uh, particularly when we're talking about the grabbing it out of the bounce. Yeah, well, that's why if you can't do something who can directly compete, you have to be undersized and just yeah. use an extra midfielder. No. Yeah. Um, so where do we see that uh, Essendon finishing in 2019, Brenton? I see them finishing. Uh, 11th, is it? Uh, 13th? 6th. Oh, oh, I thought it was a B. <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> <laughs> I finished in 6th. Um, yeah, I wish I had written notes when I was putting the ladder together about my reasoning <laughs> for each one went where. A lot of times it is like uh, one of those uh, 
puzzles that are in a frame and you've got a, one spare spot. Yep. You're going to slide them all around and just figure out how you slot each piece in. Um, but there's lots of people vying for these positions. And basically, from what I remember, it was based on the pickups they've had who yeah. filled uh, not holes that they were sort of uh, trying to fill, but it was people, players who didn't look to their potential. And so you just move on and you try someone else. And the pickups sort of filled those holes. The last three pickups from the uh, expansion teams being uh, yeah. Smith, Sard, and Shield. Yeah. Um, they haven't missed. Yeah. You know, Shield obviously hasn't played a game yet, but. You know, no, I'm, I'm going to give him a pass. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And um, so I think this is the maximum that Essen will, will achieve, and I think they're very well positioned to get there. It's been the two best trading periods the last two years. Yeah. Two best trading periods in the last 20 years that have come in the yeah. last two. Josh, where are you going? Well, I don't have any notes for my ladder either, um, but I did a, a full season simulation uh, based solely on what I felt December was worth. <laughs> you, had, you had an hour of spare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I got on fifth. So I think uh, a lot of their tougher games are at home, and I mean the list is quality. Yeah. Uh, the their tactics to tend to be quite adaptable. So some day, some games they seem to be free flowing and run forward at all costs. Other times they seem to be willing to hold the ball and control pace. So I think they're very well positioned to play that sort of uh, like water style uh, mentality. Yeah. They'll just adapt to the opposition and uh, see what the opposition doesn't like. Um, having said that, I don't see them going deep in finals. I think they'll play finals. I don't see them um, going deep. Yeah, well, I think that there's always a limit on how far that passive game plan can go. Um, I've got a fifth as well. And, you know, if everything goes right for them in the medical room, they could finish higher. Um, you know, all things being equal. I cannot see them missing finals, though. Yeah. I, I just, that list is just too strong on too many lines. If it um, does, there's questions. Yeah, if it does, I, really, you've got to start looking at some players and say, mate, what are you doing here? And no. and coach. Yeah. If, if they finished, what, were they uh, 11 win, uh, 12 wins and 11th they finished last year? Yeah. If they match that this year, you've got to get rid of somebody. That's just yeah. not good yeah. enough. In, in previous seasons, 12 wins was enough for, uh, for a finals burger. It's just, yeah. had, just about, yeah. You had uh, a lot of teams scoring fuck all wins. You yeah. Carlton, Brisbane and Gold yeah. Coast. Generally, there's only one team that had a shit season. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I think we've all got them moving up the ladder to uh, yeah, definitely playing finals, and um, it should be it could be even higher for them. So mm -hmm. uh, all positive looking for the Essendon Bobbers going into season 2019, yep. which is a shame. <laughs> yeah, well, they've got especially the three marquee games; those are the litmus test for them. Yeah, because they'll be used to playing like they'll have the obviously the um, Anzac game, Dreamtime at the G, and uh, now the Good Friday game. So yep. three games with pressure, crowd, and everything. If they can rise to the occasion and get them, fuck, they're going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. All right, that'll do us for the bombers. Yeah, good luck. Good. Peace. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.